But I'm pretty excited about the music choices. Who chose the music? You told him what to sing. Good job. You know, I'm pretty excited about the music choices. I had to take a snapshot of them. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. And then, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. That, that song, those lyrics, I uh, oftentimes will post up in my visor of the car because it's like it doesn't matter what's happening in life. You just pull that down and just start singing the entirety of the lyrics because the reality is we need Jesus like, I think, yeah, all the time. I think all the time we need Jesus. But welcome, church, whether you're joining us here or joining us online. It's always great to be uh, with you guys. Uh, and from the guy who has the privilege of traveling around to, you know, other places like Lakeland and Sebring, not just Ocala, uh, I, I believe wholeheartedly that God is moving in the midst of all of our churches. It's exciting to see how, as we continue to strategize how best to infiltrate our neighborhoods with the gospel, as we invite our neighbors to meet and follow Jesus, that like it's 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 happening. It's really cool to see how God is is working, and I can't wait until we get to the point where we launch exactly what we're doing with our strategies on outreach, integration, leadership development, and whatnot. Like I'm excited about what is in store and it was really exciting to be able to meet some of your guys' neighbors a couple nights ago and uh, like there's there's people that are lost in your community did you know that there are actually people who do not even believe in God that live right here in your community like it's for me that's a, like that's disturbing but yet exciting because that what what that does is it points out that we still have some work to do for sure but before we dive into the message this morning let's open up in prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All right, so let's go over a little bit of review from last week. Ryan did a great job of giving us some characteristics of what a citizen of heaven should look like. Max, I, I tried testing you earlier, but you like you messed up, man. But I'm hoping that by the end of this little review, you're going to nail it and get there, right? So the first characteristic that Ryan went over is that we need to live a life worth imitating. Uh, and then he said that we need to reflect that our citizenship is not of this world, but that in heaven. And it sounds a little bit like Romans 12, 1 and 2. I don't know that you ever said it, but you like you said a lot of words that were in Romans 1 and 2, or 12, 1 and 2, which says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. I think you did a really 
Good job there. The third one is that we need to be a fully functional body. This is the one that I did not appreciate too much because he gave that illustration of like, you know, be like Tom Brady or something like that. Like Tom Brady is the epitome of a fully functional body. Like man crush. I'm just like, it was borderline. Like, you know, I don't know. I think you're wrong, right? Maybe Michael Jordan, the old Michael Jordan. All right. So uh, the fourth thing is that we need to reflect the joy of the Lord and the peace that we find in Him. And the last one that he had was that we need to walk with a godly focus. Our, Our takeaway was that these characteristics impact how we journey together and how we impact our neighbors as we meet and follow, or as we invite them to meet and follow Jesus. Or as Ryan put it, Max, pay attention, all right? Citizens of heaven walk together like Jesus. Do you remember this? Come on. It was dorky as all get out, but I'm like, I know this now. I'm not ever going to forget it. Thank you for bringing that Kid Nation kind of concept. I'm not going to do it with my, <laughs> my, my big idea. But it connects to this week's big idea, which is we should hold God's gifts with open hands for the sake of the gospel. And as I was thinking about this, Ryan, like it would be so easy to do some you know, hand gestures for we should hold God's gifts with open hands for the sake of the gospel. Let's read together. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. If you have your Bibles, you can flip there. If you have your phones, you can click there. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. It says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Yet, it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessaloniki, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the the gifts that you sent, a, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I think back to the uh, beginning, oh no, the end part of January when we sat down as a leadership team and went over, you know, sort of the, what the next 18 months or so looks like in our preaching calendar. And when I, when I, uh, when I first noticed that we were going to spend eight weeks in Philippians, I was the guy that was like, all right, it's only four chapters, guys. 
But I don't know about you, but I've appreciated this journey for eight weeks, like really getting in depth on journeying together and how we do this together. And it's been a pretty awesome experience. And and it's really cool to be able to end this series in these verses because they're rich. I don't know, like Sunday school for me, like these were, this, this end passage here, like is filled with all the memory verses we learned back in the day. All right, but this morning we're going to go over four ways to model being empowered by God. Max, you got that? Four ways to model, like model, like, you know, you can model something, you know, like runway strip, you know, model being empowered by God. And it's definitely closely related to those characteristics of being a citizen in heaven from last week. The first way that we can model being empowered by God as we journey together is to rely on each other. In verse 10, right? Paul wrote, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Paul recognizes here for for not only their assistance, but even for their desire to be of assistance. He was extremely grateful to the point of rejoicing for their concern. And there's a couple of things at play here. Because of the distance between them, remember this was before social media and digital communication, okay? Paul didn't know exactly where their heart was. And the church in Philippi didn't exactly know how best to help Paul. It took time to communicate those things. But in spite or despite, however you want to say it, right? God was still moving in the hearts of both Paul and the church, the people there in Philippi. And, and here's the connection point for us as we journey together. No matter the distance, we can help each other. No matter the distance or, or even your location, we are not in isolation. You're not alone. No matter where we are, we can care for one another. We can love each other. We can pray for one another. This morning I got two texts that said praying for you. They are in different states. They are not here. (laughs) We can pray for each other no matter where we are and lift each other up to the creator of the universe. No matter who you are with, we can lift each other up. Remember not to tear each other down. Time and time again, Paul's hitting it. Unity, 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 unity. Get along with each other. That's the beginning of chapter 4, right? Hey, ladies, knock it off. Get along with each other. We have, a, we have a job to do, sharing the gospel with people. I don't know about you, but really, like I said, I got those two texts. When I get those texts in the early a.m. or in the middle of the afternoon from someone that says, I'm praying for you, There is nothing sweeter than that to me from a a, a person who is like, they're doing their life, they're doing their thing, I'm doing my thing, we're all busy, and then all of a sudden, somebody was thinking of me? And not only thinking of me, but they went to the creator of the universe on my behalf? Is that not, like, humbling? Like, you're wasting it? No, you're not wasting your time. You're spending time on my behalf. Last July, I I had a friend of mine uh, call me and ask for my address, which I thought was weird. He he said that he was going to send me something, made me promise that whatever I did, I had to use it for my wife and I. He said, "Don't, don't give it to anybody else. It is for you and your wife only. 
And it was, it was encouraging that someone was not only thinking of me, right, but they wanted to give me something, and I had no idea what it was. And little did I know that by the, by the time that I received this gift, all right, I was laying in bed after a week of, I, which we thought, like dying of COVID, man. I was at one of the lowest points of my life having no idea. Like, I, I couldn't talk. It was hard to breathe. Like it was, and I know that my wife was exhausted from caring for me. I was at a low point. I'd never been so sick in my life. And I remember opening that envelope and began to weep. Weeping at the fact that the church, the, the, the body of Christ is bigger and better than we often think. I was humbled by the gift. We used that gift to spend time with each other. It was crazy. And I love that in our values here at Grace, and the DNA of all three of our churches uh, is we journey together recognizing that spiritual growth happens best in community and that God brings us into His family so no one has to face anything alone. Another one is that we also want to hold God's gifts with open hands. It's sort of like this correlates with, with the, the, the main idea this morning. We also want to hold God's gifts with open hands, knowing that God gives each of us resources, experiences, abilities, so we can share them generously with others. It's not just for us. Learning that we can not only just rely on each other, but we can, number two, rely on God. Verses 11 through 13. We model being empowered by God, recognizing our need to build a foundation in Him. All right? So verse 1 in this chapter says, Stand firm in the Lord. Right? Now, here in verse 13, he says, I can do what? All things through Him who strengthens me. Not of our own accord, but by Him and through Him. The process of building a a strong foundation is absolutely essential to the building's stability. Get the foundation right or you will be in huge trouble, right? I think Jesus had a parable about this. The guy who built his house on the sand, the rock, right? Build it on a firm foundation. I can put my hope in my family I can put my hope in my career or my friends. But remember the words of Job. These speak loudly to me all the time. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We cannot put our hope and our strength in anything that is temporal that can blow away at any moment. We must learn to wholly and solely rely on God, our foundation. Did you notice the flexibility in that passage that, that, that a believer needs to have? He says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. 
It's easy to be like, praise Jesus, when we're abounding, right? Or we're facing plenty, or when there's a, an abundance. But what about those low times, right? What if we found ourselves in a situation when it's, it's hard to come up with some grocery money? Or we're in a place of much need. Is it a praise Jesus? Or, or does it sound more like, help Jesus, I need you. I want to be clear this morning. The, the verse here, right? I can do all things through Him who strengthens me isn't just about winning the race. Because I've heard this from, from being a child. I can do all things through Christ, through Him who strengthens me, right? In, even in jest, I'm sending Brian a, a, a text message this morning, a nonsensical text. Like, I can do, I, I can do all things. You can do all things. Right? It's not just about winning the race or, or landing the job or, or getting a spouse or healing you of cancer or making childbirth a reality or even beating an addiction. All things means even the times when I lose the race or lose the job or stay single or dying with cancer or losing the baby. Or lose a loved one to the addiction. Relying on God means that I can even do these things with Him. He wants us to lean on Him for strength. He wants us to trust Him for what we have. That which will bring Him glory, not us. He wants us to model being empowered by Him to a lost world who absolutely needs to see Jesus' strength in us. Our weakness. In our weakness. His strength can be seen. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Amen? We can also model being empowered by God by being in tune. Right? Verses 14 through 18. There's two ways. First, we can focus on being in tune with those we serve with. Believers are in tune with one another when we take the encouragement or heed the direction, unify and help each other, celebrate our successes, remain in prayer with and for each other, train together, trust each other, show our appreciation for each other, and put our foundation in Christ. But the second way is that we can focus on being in tune with God. We've all been empowered for kingdom work. But it is our responsibility to be in tune with His desire for our life. In order to be most successful on mission, we must be in tune with Him. Paul wrote here in these verses, Yet, it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians, yourselves, know that in the beginning of the Gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you. Only. Even in Thessaloniki, you sent me help for my needs. What do you say? Once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, he says, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. 
fragrant offering, a, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. This exchange points out the value of being in tune. He says, there's, it points out the four different things. Sharing, there's, there's partnership involved here. There's, there's receiving and helped time and time again. It wasn't just a one-time thing. And it ends with a fragrant offering, a, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. It was given with a spirit of generosity, and, and it was received with a, a spirit of, of gratefulness, right? But it wasn't just about giving and receiving it all. It was about Jesus being pleased with it all. Why? Because being in tune is being in line with what pleases Him who connects us all. The last way that we can model being empowered by God in verse 19 is a trust in ROI. I, I think I've, I've talked about this before here. Right? It's that return on investment. And we can trust that God does reward obedience. There is no other better return on investment. I love the promise found here in verse 19. He says, And my God will supply all your needs, not wants, needs, according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Again, <laughs> I, just, I just want to be clear, right? God supplying all your needs is not, or God supplying all your needs according to His riches is not a formula like this, right? Give a hundred bucks, get a hundred bucks, plus another hundred bucks. Right? It's, it's, it's not that at all. But how many, how many people have, just be honest, how many people have thought that in their life before? Right? Come on. Be honest. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, do good, get good, right? Or get better. <laughs> like, the return on investment or uh, God supplying all your needs um, might look, a, look like a trip to the ER or a car accident or a house burning down. <laughs> uh, all right, how does that work? How can my house burning down be God supplying all my needs? Does that sound weird? That sounds weird. Well, maybe God needs you to move into a new place. Because that will be where He needs you to be for you to invite your new neighbors <laughs> to meet and follow Jesus. Right? He's going to have you where He wants you where you need to be. Maybe a, a trip to the ER puts you in a hospital room where, where you're interacting with nurses and doctors who are like at their wit's end. They've had an exhausting and stressful day. And an encounter with you at a, at a point where most people are down, right? And broken. They scratch their heads because like you have a smile on your face and you're not upset and you keep talking about God's goodness even though you're sitting in the ER. That's where He needs you. And He gave you that opportunity. Colossians 3.2 says, 
Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. If our minds are focused correctly, our needs look differently. The blessing of God's provision isn't about my comfort at all. Do you like that? The blessing of God's provision isn't about my comfort at all. I like to be comfortable. I like that there's air condition here this morning. I've been in the three-hour church service with no AC. It's not fun. Right? I love my comfort. But the blessing of God's provision isn't about my comfort. It's about that which glorifies my Father in heaven. That big idea. Max, here you go. Online, here you go. People here at Grace, here you go. We should hold God's gifts with open hands for the sake of the gospel. Everything we have, not something, everything, has been given by Him and for Him. And according to His riches, which basically means God will go to unlimited uh, unlimited lengths to make himself known. His riches are pretty, uh, they're bigger than ours. Let's just say that. The question is, will you let him use you? Will you open your hands recognizing that everything in them is his anyways and use the gifts? He gives you everything you need to reach your neighbor's with the gospel. I, I end with this. It's a story from Paul Harvey. and he, he says that Ray Blankenship, preparing his breakfast one day, he was gazing out the window. He saw a small girl being swept along in the rain-flooded drainage ditch beside his Andover, Ohio home. Blankenship knew that farther downstream, the ditch disappeared with a roar underneath a road and then emptied into the main culvert. Ray dashed out the door and raced along the ditch, trying to get ahead of the floundering child, and he hurled himself into the deep, churning water. Blankenship surfaced and was able to grab the child's arm. They tumbled, end over end, within about three feet of the yawning culvert. Ray's free hand felt something protruding from one bank, He clung desperately, but the tremendous force of the water tried to tear him and the child away. If I can just hang on until help comes, he thought. He did better than that. By the time fire department rescuers arrived, Blankenship had pulled the girl to safety. Both were treated for shock on April 12, 1989. That was a long time ago, guys. Ray Blankenship was awarded the Coast Guard's Silver Life-Saving medal. The award is fitting for his selfless act. It was, he was at even greater risk to himself than most people had any idea. See, Blankenship couldn't swim. He didn't know how to. In many respects, we are like Ray Blankenship. We are jumping out into the deep waters without the knowledge of how to swim. For some, that's Reason enough to go back to the shore, but we need to understand that is exactly where God wants us to be. In the middle of the deep water, amidst the swift currents of our culture, 
doing a new thing for the kingdom of God, something we may never have done before. Let us step forward in faith and recognize that God never calls His servant to a work He will not accomplish. Or the resources for... Paul said here in this verse, in this passage, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. This is what makes sense with that story. We all have a tendency to think we've got this. But the reality is, we don't. The truth is, if we're a believer in Jesus Christ and we put our faith in Him, God does. He gives us what we need to do all things, not for us, but for Him. To reach our neighbors to meet and follow Jesus. It is simple, right? He gives us everything that we need to meet and follow Him. And He gives us the ability to reach our neighbors for that truth as well. Will you pray with me? Lord, we fall before You. Seeing this passage, this letter that You wrote to the church at Philippi, encouraging them, giving such encouraging words, Reminding them that it is not of their accord at all. It is of yours. That we can be used by you mightily. But not for our glory. For yours. Lord, help us to to humble ourselves to that point where we have this understanding that it is not about me. That you give me everything that I need, no matter what that situation looks like. Lord, I pray that we can see how we can be used of you in whatever circumstance we're in. From the outside world, it might look tragic. But as a believer in you, it might be exactly where you need me to reach someone's life for you. Lord, help us to be a testimony, that which honors you, that which makes your name famous. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you this morning, to praise you this morning with your people. Thanks for the preservation of your word for us so many years later to capture someone's mail, read it, and see how you have influenced Paul's life and the church there at Philippi for the gospel. Sweet, sweet words that you have preserved for us to read today as we journey together. We love you and give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.